Are you attending Shop Talk? If you are, I hope that you're ready for the AI-driven future of commerce. If not, you can get ready by joining us and our friends from IM Digital, a leading retail experience agency, to learn about the future of commerce. You can join their March 18th event taking place at Shop Talk exclusively with your invite from Future Commerce. Find out more today at events.imdigital.com. Future Commerce is sponsored by Bolt. How can you boost e-commerce sales and conversions? Well, it's easy with Bolt's fast and secure one-click checkout. No usernames, no passwords, no problem. Just more happy customers and up to 47% more conversions. Learn more today at bolt.com slash futurecommerce. This episode is brought to you by Tapcart. Tapcart turns your Shopify store into a mobile app that your customers will love. Merchants using mobile apps see a higher AOV and reduced reliance on paid channels to drive sales. Get started with one month free at tapcart.com slash futurecommerce. Future Commerce listeners, do you want to get your products to market faster? Plytix, that's P-L-Y-T-I-X, is the number one PIM for SMBs. Centralize your product data and get it ready for everywhere that you sell with Plytix's free forever plan. Find out more today at Plytix.com slash future commerce. That's P-L-Y-T-I-X dot com slash future commerce. Oh, are you recording on your other device or no? no. Do you want me you to? don't need it. It's fine. We'll just okay, say you're coming like live. I feel like the audio is like worse, almost. I don't know. Maybe. Hello and welcome to Future Commerce, the podcast about the next generation of commerce. I'm Philip. I'm Brian. I feel like we don't Do even need to say our names anymore. We're like 300 episodes in, like... I feel like, you know, people know us at this point. If you're watching on the YouTube, you can see me rolling my eyes through closed <laughs> eyelids. People don't know Brian because we've had explosive growth the last we three have, months. Oh, good. Good. Uh, the good the last three oh, months have been point. the largest three months of downloads in the history of this podcast, especially since we moved to an IAB rated platform. Uh, we are certifiably uh, popular. So we do need to introduce ourselves, Mr. Brian Lang. You're, uh, right. You're right. Of course, Philip. Of course. Coming to us uh, from the road yet again. Uh, you are where these days? Vegas. Uh, <laughs> I'm at grocery shop. Better you than me. Last year's grocery shop was sort of a, uh, a weird event. I remember we did a recap uh, of grocery shop. We, we might weave that in here a little later, but I, I, don't, I don't think we need to. Yeah, I don't uh, want people to think this is going to be like a grocery shop recap episode. And but, I don't want this to be a boring retail podcast that, you know, just talks about industry events all the time. Because I go to a lot of them. <laughs> yes, we're not that show. <laughs> if you haven't subscribed yet to Future Commerce, I'm going to implore you to do so. Uh, subscribe in your podcast player. Uh, subscribe to our newsletter. Uh, but you I'll tell you why. If you don't, you're going to miss out on some really important content. That's, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> two weeks from now, about two weeks from now, two-ish weeks from now, uh, we're going to make uh, an announcement about an event uh, and a, a big fundamental change, a shift for future commerce that's going to change things forever. And that is forever. about 
for most I can ever I can say at this point, uh, things are going to go bonkers here in Q4. And we've got some cool things coming up. Uh, we are building with our most exciting partner yet for a big physical uh, event. You know, what? I'm not going to say anymore. If you want to know what that Save is, more Philip, save more. <laughs> no, don't say more. Yeah. I certain you could stereotype me as a person who likes to like leak things a little too. Like I get, you I get, you know, you I'm definitely, I'm the archetype of a person who likes to like, you know, put that kind of stuff out into the world. I would say so. I'm the archetype of somebody who likes to like tease things, but not leak them too far. <laughs> <laughs> I'm leaking. I'm leaking all over the place. All right, I'll stop. I sort of subscribe to a theory. I don't know if you're you're on the same band like in that same sort of uh bandwagon band sure bandwagon i like to celebrate other people's things because i feel like it's it's like good karma you you celebrate someone else's thing and maybe one day they'll celebrate yours so there's a few folks that i really have been some content in the world that i've really been digging on lately so two newsletters that i feel like have really been inspiring to me there's a newsletter they're both Substacks. There's a newsletter called Dirt, which is mm. sort of a new media company that sort of kind of started as a, hey, we're an NFT backed, you know, bootstrapped, fundraised, you know, kickstartered new media brand founded by a bunch of sort of culture reporters from various news organizations. Dirt is so much fun. It's a daily letter. It's sometimes like blows my mind, their their culture reporting. Um, it's amazing uh so the I'm dirt the dirt newsletter <laughs> yeah dirt.xyz uh and they're building a community over there they have a DAO uh that they're launching and i know that certainly you know i know some of our listeners roll their eyes that some of that they really just cover culture and media in particular a bunch of uh film uh and television uh but they often cover uh interesting consumer brands one of which that they covered was a company called early majority um, and the aesthetic of an outdoor brand of a of a Web3 native, you know, outdoor <laughs> outdoor apparel brand. It's like Patagonia, but make it Web3 if you can even imagine such a thing. Uh, early majority. I found that brand through Dirt and I am loving the vibe and aesthetic um, and the overpriced uh, parkas. Uh, in particular, haven't bought anything uh, just yet. Second newsletter, I just wanted to... Uh, so I'm discovering cool things through it. That's all there is to say about that. Um, and the second newsletter I've been checking out lately is, a, is one called Blackbird Spy Plane. Uh, this one blows my stinking mind. They do a, a cool lot... Name. They do a lot of cool uh, brand exposition. They tell... They like do a lot of in-depth like analysis of culture and brand and especially like logo work uh blackbird spy planes really scratching an itch i didn't even know i had lately so uh if you're looking to sort of outfit your daily media consumption diet in a way that sort of i feel like is resonant at least with me uh sort of augments the other side of the things that i care about at future commerce i think dirt and blackbird spy plane are very very cool publications i'm gonna have to go check those out as soon as i finish getting through the four hour Amazon podcast that Acquire did because it is long and it's taking up a lot of time. <laughs> Acquire.fm is, uh, yeah. they, so they did a big exp, like, what is it? Like the oral history retelling of the, the story of Amazon. Amazon origin story. Yeah. yeah. It's actually really good. I actually do recommend you listen to it because it's, it goes into details that I didn't know, like genuinely didn't know. It adds a lot of color to 
the origin story of Amazon and how it became what it is. And hat tip to Grace Clark for shooting that my way uh, and saying you've got to get through the whole thing because it's that good. Because it is actually really good. There's a lot of stuff that happened in Amazon. People think that people think these big companies just happen. There's connections and growth through being there at the right time, the right place. And they were there at the right time in the right place. You definitely find that out. Getting from internet startup with explosive growth because everyone had explosive growth back then to what they are was a lot of hard work and it took a genius to do it. And Jeff Bezos was that genius. It is, at least it made me believe that Jeff Bezos is a genius. There it is. I don't know that you can get to the level of success without having uh, a little bit of genius, a little bit of madness and yeah. uh, maybe yes. a little bit of being a bit of a shrewd operator from time to time as well. I'm sure some of that is in that. I'll have to check that one. I'll, I'll cue that up for an upcoming very, very long run. I have. There's a lot of folks that are sort of heralded as genius in our space these days. I, I think I like a contemporary, very timely or relevant one right now. Toby Lutka from, yeah. uh, from Shopify is sor- sort of of that level up and coming sort of rising to stardom right rising to fame i I Um, really want to know what his childhood was like because i heard a little bit about that with jeff on this podcast and oh uh, wow yeah no no like they go they go they go deep wow he jeff bezos pioneered the gifted kid program as a gifted kid he was like the the first one (laughs) in the program there's uh so, yeah, uh, so those are pieces of media that we have been checking out recently. And uh, I think uh, they're a fitting compliment uh, to the things that we make here at Future Commerce. Uh, I did want to touch on a subject here today, and we can we can go as deep as you like, Brian, uh, with as much time as you have. Uh, something that you called born again retail, but that's not what I said. I, I, did I thought not. we were going to use the Jeff Bezos thing to tra- transition to our Amazon stuff. So we'll have to get to that later. But yes, let's talk about born again retail. <laughs> yeah, well, I think part of being born again uh, <laughs> as a consumer is deciding, you know, what needs to exist and what doesn't is being examined, you know, is doing the same sort of uh process of examination and a qualification of your faith or beliefs is yes, as, you as wrote a whole article where, on this it, to this where you spend why, your money this is right. why, to where you spend your money we're going to talk about that but like uh yeah you wrote this incredible article this is actually this is actually why you said i said you need to subscribe to our newsletter because if you don't you're going to miss absolute bangers as one of our <laughs> readers said uh like the one that Philip just wrote. Um, and uh, Philip, like you wrote this article J- just so our audience knows you're like one of the most efficient writers that I know. This is not, this is not like womp, hyperbole. Womp. This that is I, not hyperbole. I am, I am, this is not ego raising. This is not flattery. Philip is genuinely like one of the most efficient writers that I know. He wrote this incredible article about how the standards of the day are kind of like, like religions that don't allow you to question them. And so the way that I sort of rephrased it was like, you know, current e-commerce standards of the day or best practices, like the Baymart Institute, you referenced the Baymart Institute, Baymart, yeah. are like 
the Catholic Church pre-Reformation, <laughs> and 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 Phillips bring a little bit of born again retail to the scene. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. I, well, I appreciate the, the nice words. Uh, the the real the real thing, if we had to have one takeaway, is I I think that there is a a process of deconstruction that would be healthy for everyone to go through, and you know if in in whatever context you might have in your life where you hold beliefs, but you've never really questioned why you hold those beliefs. For instance, there's a fascination for the past decade with conversion rate optimization. And we have said it a bunch of different ways. Why do we con- why do we optimize for conversion? Is all friction bad? Maybe. Maybe there's some friction that's good. And and let's explore that as a potential as a potential antidote to having a samey samey website experience where everything feels the same. You don't even have to check the source code to know what platform everyone's running because you can just tell has a certain feel to it. You don't even need Wappalizer. (laughs) You don't need it. You don't need a browser plugin. You don't need anything to tell you, you know, what the tech stack is. You already know what the tech stack is. You can see it with your eyes because you've been here before because everything kind of feels the same now. And we yearn for something new and exciting. And that was where I, I wrote this piece that is basically a call uh, for a, de- de- a e-commerce deconstructionist movement uh, where we question our norms and we question our beliefs. And, you know, there's certainly blogs like Conversion XL uh, who have pioneered sort of the one true way, the one right way of doing things that is optimized for conversion. But I don't know that futurists optimize to make the right now as slick and efficient as it could possibly be to extract margin. People who build the future do things that haven't been done yet. And that's what future commerce is all about. So, yeah, if you want to build a pretty successful brand using only best practices, go for it. You could probably do that. But if you want to build the future, you have to do things that have never been done. And this we have an upcoming series Brian, um, a step-by-step series with uh, some friends of ours. Uh, and we were asking the question of like, do e-commerce platforms compete on features anymore? Well, not really. Everybody can do no. the same thing, right? So if you're not competing on features, what are you competing on? Vibes? Yep. You're, 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 you're actually, com- and not ecosystem either, because most of the, most of the, you know, third party, uh, technology platforms all play in everyone's backyard now too. They're, they're in every platform. You can have the same experience across all. So in reality, the thing that is differentiating is your, the efficiency and your ability to build something new, not, not to reinvent the thing that already exists. Future Commerce is brought to you by Bolt. Bolt has a seamless and simple one-click checkout that can boost your e-commerce conversion rate by up to 47%. But how does that work? Well, it's really simple. It turns your guest shoppers into logged-in customers, and it lets your customers breeze through checkout and enjoy an effortless and secure experience across any other Bolt-powered website. What does that mean? It means merchants are more likely to see an increase in sales and conversions. It's easy to see that Bolt's one-click checkout is a win-win for everybody, for the customer and for the merchant. Learn more today by visiting bolt.com slash futurecommerce. That's B-O-L-T dot com slash futurecommerce. 
put things in terms that I would put them in. You are advocating for the Descartes approach to uh, to doing to, to to doing e-commerce. Like, yep. Question everything, <laughs> everything, and 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 if take you, nothing for for granted, right? And and if you don't like, that's fine. Like, you can build a successful business without questioning things. You're just never going to be a front runner and you're going to put your business, your future business in jeopardy because you're you're never going to do anything different. Like you're always just going to run in the pack. And like that is a recipe for a long, slow death. (laughs) It is also like it's a risky thing to do. You know, one of my one of my most cherished website brand experiences that I have talked about for four plus five, maybe five years on the podcast now was the, the work that entire world did. They like very purposely did not do the e-commerce thing. And then the company ceased to exist after a few years. One could argue, you know, maybe they went too far. Maybe they were too experimental. Maybe they tried, you know, a little too, to be a little too cute. And my, my, my retort to that would be, Or maybe, I don't know, you know, apparel, especially unbranded, you know, color block apparel for millennials, expensive unbranded color block apparel for millennials, only in an e-commerce distribution is a hard category to penetrate no matter what you do, even if you have a a really interesting... uh, Right, the fact that they stood out for a while is actually really impressive because it's really hard to stand out. It's really hard to stand out. Yeah, and and you're right. Maybe they did a little bit too much power testing. Maybe. Maybe. but I like the, I, I think if you went in like we should we should go do like a we should do our own four hour podcast. But instead of on Amazon, we should do it on Entire Worlds uh, <laughs> and do their origin story. I would love to do that actually. Oh, I would I would I would pay money for that origin story to be honest with you. Oh my but gosh, yeah, I would too. Like for for you to be <laughs> let's go let's go back to the the original idea here to deconstruct. For you to be born again, you must first die. <laughs> you, have to die you have to die to yourself. And 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 that's, you know, I, I we're being a little cutesy with the language here, but I do think that there is a very like philosophical approach to you know discarding what you hold to be true and really questioning every like questioning the things you believe. And not to say that like you don't draw on communal experience and lived experience and you know we're not going to start like to first invent a cappuccino. You must, you know, invent the whole world. Like to do it from scratch would require you to go back to a first principles of which is like basically atoms and electrons. We're not talking about that. It's not starting over completely from scratch, but it's questioning if, you know, in an existential way, if every decision you make has really been thought through, or if you're just putting Lego bricks together, like we're So that's a that's the the, existential brand. I am all about this. If you can't question why and what you're doing, then maybe you shouldn't exist. (laughs) This this is also uh, an interesting I just got off um, for this big announcement that we have coming. I just got off uh, a 90 minute conversation uh, with Ju Ru, uh, one of the co-founders of Hero Cosmetics, who just had a six hundred and twenty million dollar exit success story. Yeah, of, huge of like, success story. Oh, just, uh, so don't you don't can't, you can't misspeak. You can't say it's D to C because people D2C. will freak out at you. I I've hear experienced you. I know, this already. I know. 
Even uh, though they started on Amazon and, and they certainly sell direct to consumer, uh, they're not an e-commerce brand. Don't say it. They're CPG. I here's love it. the here's, here's them. That's the right way to say it. You know what, uh, what Ju told me in her own words, philosophically, they looked at the era in which they built and there were a bunch of contemporaries that were famous women, in her words, girl bosses. And they talked to a bunch of PR firms that was like, we, we can do that for you too. We can make you a celebrity. And her response was, I don't think this category or the categories that they're in are venture scale, venture level type categories that warrant the kind of fame or the kind of capital raise and then the growth numbers that come along with it. I'd rather just quietly build. And she held that philosophy from 2017 to 2022 and she was wrong until she was right, you know? I'd rather just quietly build. Never better words have ever been spoken like that. That is incredible. There's so many quiet builders too. I'm, I'm realizing now there's folks that are finding us through our podcast. And then there's other folks finding us through the newsletter that they're quietly building empires. In fact, if you're a quiet builder, please reach out to us. Yes, like, please. We want to talk to you. Uh, we just had a conversation with another quiet builder. I'll save it for an upcoming thing that we're doing. <laughs> and that quiet builder, someone forwarded them something that you wrote and we got to talk to them and it was the best thing ever. Quiet as death, actually. They're just the, the <laughs> very quiet, very, very quiet people. So there's such a leaker. <laughs> yeah, I'm the archetype of a, a leaker. I don't think that's an archetype, but it, it should be. Oh my gosh. Mike Lackman from Trade Coffee, who is on our Visions podcast, I love Mike. He sort of points to the fact that there are things that are happening in the world right now that have never existed or could not have existed before, right? There's social media has given us a lot of new challenges. And this build in public thing is in itself maybe an aberration is in his words, like it's an aberration. It's a thing that has never existed. It's very popular at the moment. But building a business wasn't and entrepreneurship in particular, up until like maybe 15 years ago, wasn't very sexy, right? People would tell you, it's like, it's hard. Why would you want to do that? Maybe I'd have to go back a little further. Yeah, go back like 25 years. Yeah. It was very hard. It was, then it was, that was like a slog. I built my way up from nothing. Like, correct. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, you built your way up from nothing. <laughs> like, <laughs> And so I think having that building by yourself, I asked you, who are your heroes? And she gave me a list of people I've never heard of. I don't I even know who these it. people are. <laughs> never heard of. And brands I had never heard of because actually the world is quite large and the people that influence you. It's like you ask uh, Billy Corgan, who most influenced Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness, and he'll tell you New Order. And I'm like, I don't know who New Order is. <laughs> Did they have like one song Wait. in the 70s or 80s? Like, I don't know who that is. I feel like you know who New Order is. Not now, really. Now. <laughs> well, it's one of those interesting things, like the people who influence your heroes are often heroes to them. There are people that are held in a different level of esteem and have a different level of notoriety and had a different level of influence. Not necessarily everyone's. Like, who influences you? This is a good conversation. Like, ooh, ooh. I love that. Ooh. Yeah. I'm extremely impressed with certain writers. I mean, in particular, recently, I was turned on to from uh, Catherine Norcross from one of our listeners. Uh, Norwood. Uh, suggest Norwood, sorry. Uh, thank yep. you for that correction. Catherine Norwood suggested that we check out some literary criticism. And so I've been really diving into Susan Stewart, who does a lot of poetry criticism and writes uh, quite a bit. 
on that. In fact, I just finished on Longing, which was a really tough read because I'm you finished it. Yeah. Yes. I'm not an academic exploration of literature uh, or the the written arts uh, sort of a person. So this was like really meaty, really hard for me to get through, uh, quite honestly. But I love being sort of inspired by things like that, that, yeah. So that's like certainly nice, uh, certainly uh, top of mind for me. You said Billy Corgan already. <laughs> I said Billy Corgan already. I, I do think that there's an idea of a performance artist who yeah. is not necessarily the person that they play on TV and just kind of knows the role of being, he's sort of, he puts on a face and uh, and has a persona that is very specifically like, I think inspired by a lot of pro wrestling um, believe it or not, like having, you know, having a heel, yep. like having, having a, it, it comes from, you know, the circus, <laughs> it comes from, right. you know, being, being a person that, you know, uh, can a be performer. seen as like, a, a, a and or even a villain to some degree. Yeah. Um, but an unbelievably creative mind. And that guy's certainly out there, um, certainly inspires me. Future Commerce is brought to you by Plitix. Are you tired of managing your product information in messy spreadsheets? If so, you need Plitix. That's P-L-Y-T-I-X. With Plitix's PIM, you can work on all your product information from one place and automatically reformat that data to fit every channel's requirements. Get started with Plitix's free forever plan at Plitix.com slash future commerce. And if you decide to upgrade, our listeners get 50% off for your first year. Find out more at Plytix, P-L-Y-T-I-X.com slash future commerce. Future commerce is brought to you by Tapcart. Tapcart can turn your Shopify store into a mobile shopping app that your customers will love. With BFCM just around the corner, stand out from the crowd with push notifications. Push notifications have instant reach and 100% deliverability and have click-through rates as high as seven times greater than email. Unlike SMS, push notifications are free to send. So get started today with one month free at tapcart.com slash future commerce. Turn your Shopify store into a mobile shopping app today by visiting tapcart.com slash future commerce. Who inspires you, Brian Lang? I feel like it's shown up quite a bit in my like writing, especially maybe not on the podcast as much. But obviously, Marshall McLuhan recently <laughs> uh, has been very influential on me. But um, for me, it's a lot of like writers and, and musicians, mostly. I think I've, I mean, obviously, when we when we brought on John Beeler and um, Lowell Brahms, I was dying. When we had them on the podcast, I am the biggest Sufjan Stevens fans, and he fan, and, and he actually influences my my writing, and actually a lot more than that. Sufjan, and and then obviously I I like philosophy quite a bit, so a lot of philosophical influences. I won't get into all of them, <laughs> and then I love classic literature. Like Dostoevsky mm. influences influences me more than. I don't know, name your run-of-the-mill thought leader from today. <laughs> I learn, I, I'm not going to name any names. I take more inspiration from Dostoevsky than I do from just about anyone. In fact, for me, it's Dostoevsky is like number one writer in, like of all time. And then maybe Tolstoy. And then way down at the floor is everyone else. <laughs> I think Dostoevsky is where I draw most of my inspiration from. And 
Uh, I also I also want to say something that I think is really important. I think that fiction writers and musicians are infinitely I will actually use that word in without hyperbole again, infinitely more effective than nonfiction writers. <laughs> I believe in the power of story. I believe hmm. in the power of mediums that can convey more than one meaning at once. And I think that that's how our brains work. We get so locked into like linear thinking and I don't, I don't believe in it. I believe in, in multidimensional thinking. Um, and so Dostoevsky, oh, yeah, Dostoevsky sure. is like the ultimate example of that. So uh, there you go. <laughs> yeah. We, uh, yeah, there's on, on that note, I, we were going to try to do this <laughs> little segment on, uh, on Amazon. I, maybe we could, uh, uh, hold it off. I do think that, uh, we both, uh, at some point might do a longer form episode on how things that are, that are, uh, acts of creation or, or, or pieces of art, uh, influence how we think about the, the way that we approach, you know, there's literary criticism, there's criticism of the arts. Uh, I think we do e-commerce or retail criticism. Like a lot of what we bring is yep. sort of explaining the, why something exists, the story and the time of like when it took place and why it's important. That is effectively a new emergent form of criticism. Uh, and we are inspired by other, uh, other, you know, completely unrelated fields of arts. One of right. which that I would love to get into in depth at another time. We both watched the rehearsal, uh, by Nathan Fielder. Oh gosh. It's and, honestly, it is the best show I've watched. It might be the show of the decade. I know I said the bear is the show of the year and I like <laughs> it really, it, I love the bear, but like, I did not know the rehearsal was coming. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, so we, I want to get into that at some point. Uh, what were, if I had to have like one hot take about the rehearsal, um, it gives you a perspective and insight into the personal and, and the, interior experiences of you know one character in particular in the show who's being watched um but who is so unbelievably authentic it, like i believe she is just who she is and we're sort yeah. of meant we are meant to examine her in a way that's supposed to be critical i think yep. we're as the audience we're supposed to look down upon her in fact in one scene you see the character sort of praying quietly to herself and we're positioned in a camera shot that's from above and you're as if you're yep. peering down on her as if you are a god of some sort. Yes. I feel I felt like a really strong, very sort of grossed out feeling watching that um, in yeah. it through the lens of I feel like that's how we examine a lot of the the work and the behavior of a lot of people in in our industry is sort of looking down upon them and criticizing and saying they should be doing this or that, or they're not behaving, uh, in a way that I feel like, you know, I would behave. Um, so that was for me, a, a really strong sort of philosophical, uh, takeaway was to be able to put us in a position like that to sort of of an elevated position and sort of draw attention to it. Um, if we could ever accomplish anything like that in a podcast of drawing attention, I, th I feel like visions was that is to draw attention to the way that we bring criticism to this space and yes. to say, are we, are we chasing the wrong things? Are we asking the wrong questions? Are we, 
yeah, sort of a, a more introspective and philosophical approach to, you know, industry criticism. Um, so I took that away from the rehearsal. Go ahead. I, I have so many more takeaways and actually I'm going to write an article on this. This is why you need to subscribe to futurecommerce.fm. If you haven't <laughs> the article I am writing, I like, I am losing my mind about some stuff right now, like literally losing my mind. Um, and I, Okay, not literally. That was that was hyperbole. <laughs> but like I I think that the rehearsal is going to be a big part of that article. Like the way that Give me one takeaway and how it pertains to the the work that we're doing here. Uh gosh, I don't want to give away my whole article yet and I feel like if people have made it like 30 minutes into point. a show, they It's a central point to the article. Uh no, it's the thing about the rehearsal is that it represents something that actually back to what I just talked about. It's, it's, it approaches things in a, a multifaceted way, uh, more so than most other like shows or whatever. Most shows are like, they're artistic, but they're not making points at multiple levels the way that the rehearsal does. And so I, I am going, I'm, I'm finally going to be able to get after and define something that I've been chasing for years now, <laughs> I think, um, which started, which, which manifested, I shouldn't say started, it manifested itself maybe first in future commerce when, I, when, uh, I wrote the new data piece. Yeah. But I'm going to be getting after that concept again and I'm going to go to town because I think, I think I might've finally figured out what it is that I'm getting after. And that makes me really happy. <laughs> that that's, uh, I think that's, it, it's unfair for us to try to, uh, look at, you know, the whole of retail and consumer goods and say that they should all behave a certain way. Like they should all be artists. Um, I don't think yes. that everybody should be an entrepreneur. I don't think everybody should be an artist. I don't think every every brand should have some higher order purpose. Um, and I think to do so would be inauthentic and probably unnecessary for most of, of the things that need to exist in the world. But I think that the future and especially the ones that like create an impact uh, and emotional resonance uh, and, and shape the way that customers, you know, desires pull other industry, pull other parts of the industry forward, the way that we react to that, like there's a scant few who actually can do that. They are artists in their own right. So, um, that is what future commerce is all about. Yes. Uh, it's, it's going to be an, an amazing, uh, another few, uh, weeks here as we lead up to this announcement. We're so glad uh, that you tuned into another episode of future commerce. If you want to hear more podcasts, just like this one, we have a few others you can check out over at futurecommerce.fm. And we also have, uh, as we've mentioned multiple times already, uh, a, a growing community of over 10,000 people who are subscribed to, uh, our newsletter, uh, over at future commerce. You can get that at futurecommerce.fm slash subscribe. Thank you for listening. Thank you. 